I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Steve Martin and Michael Caine are competitors in the Riviera's most profitable business, but with very different styles. Do you have any idea what it feels like to take a woman for 20 bucks? No, I haven't. I'm afraid it's a little out of my class. Can two con men survive in a town really made for one? Really? We find a woman, set a price, and the first man to extract the correct amount from her wins. Wish me luck. Let the contest begin. If I lose, I'll leave. If I win, you leave. To prove once and for all who is the dirtiest. The rottenest. Who feels this? The sleaziest, the sneakiest, the phoniest. Thank you, Your Highness. The trickiest. Don't you ever have an emotion that originates above the waist? No. The all-time champion of dirty, rotten scoundrels. Surely he was no match for you. I'm younger than you, better looking than you, I'm thinner than you. Know your limitations. You are immoral. Steve Martin is the man no woman can resist. Eat your food. May I go to the bathroom first? Of course you may. Thank you. And Michael Caine is... Lawrence Jameson. Chips Auto. Doctor. Emil Schaffhausen. And they're both dirty, rotten scoundrels. Do you want the whole world to know? Dirty, rotten scoundrels. You mustn't turn your back on them for a second. Sorry, guys, before we start this podcast, do you mind if I go to the bathroom? You may not, Seb. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Sebastian. Please, no, no, you. Oh, me yep. next? Okay, well. Uh, <laughs> On the spot. But I am going to help my Graham Graham. She is the one who taught me it is better to be truthful and good than to not. And I'm Chanster. Sorry, I in my brain we just sort of worked that out. We did not. We did not. Uh, Sorry. I figured as the guest I would, I would stand back. But Guys, uh, I'm keeping the mink. Is that wrong? Yes. I'm Andy Schossler. <laughs> and welcome to our review of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Hey, why are we reviewing this, Andrew? Because it is one of the best films ever made and it's lovely and awesome and brilliant. Yep. Amen. So you picked this one. I certainly did. You were allowed three choices for the entire year that weren't any Avengers or DC property. And this is one of them. Far too few of them and well picked, I think. 
We'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm not going to give away the the end of the podcast in the opening five minutes. Seb, in my mind, you're just going to agree with everything I'm saying, and this is this is basically going to be a monologue uh, with, with Chance Star and I yeah, taking just take, taking how turns. Great is this? I think yeah. that's referred to as a duet, but I, <laughs> I'm not a theatre guy. Um, all right, so well, I never saw this. Okay, I, I didn't think I'd seen this film previously. Okay, until the last ten minutes of it, where I was like, "All of this is crazy familiar." So I may have seen this in a past life. Who knows? But it but was you, all foreign to me until until okay. the very very end. And I wait. When you say the very very end, do you mean that last scene with Chips O'Toole, <laughs> or do you mean the twist? Um, the twist and okay. that in saying that, I guessed the wrong twist. Oh, what did you think was going to happen? I thought that perhaps she and Steve Martin's character I had see. gone in cahoots and she says she uh, lost a 50K so they could walk away with 100 together. I see. I th- but like I said, okay. it just, the scene just felt familiar, but maybe it, from, it may have reminded me of a different film, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Okay, interesting. So I may have just got my wires crossed. Well, for for what, the 31-year-old film, mm. yeah, uh, did, it, did it hit the mark for you? Was it like, was it still funny? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. 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 It was. That's, I mean, that's the correct answer. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's Steve Martin, who's, I mean, pretty well regarded as a funny guy, he's, right? He's pretty timeless. Yeah, he, yeah. he really is. Those 80s, he, 90s movies with Steve Martin in them, they all still swing. Yeah. I, I think The Jerk is probably the one that I've seen that's probably aged the worst comedy-wise, but it's still very it's funny. Probably you know one who, of his worst films. Yeah. yeah. You know who hasn't aged in general? Steve Martin. He looks exactly the same. He's still looking good, he? Isn't he turned 40 when he was 20. Uh, yeah. If you look at photos from him when he was younger, he just went grey and then he's been perpetually that age forever. Before we do get into things, though, we should have thrown into this beginning. Chancellor, where are you from? Oh, hey, I'm Chancellor and I'm from, uh, I have my own pod- podcast, The Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Uh we don't get to talk about, well, actually, we did talk about this movie like literally a week ago. Well, now you're prepped. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I didn't watch it for the podcast because I was the one who suggested they all watch it. Oh. Because this is, I don't want to give anything away, but I watch this movie probably two or three times every year. Oh, really? On that yes. rotation? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm in the same camp. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Just for the sake of it. So, ganging up on Seb, right? That's the plan? Fantastic. Yeah. Terrific. What does your podcast do? Uh, so we uh, we talk about movies and stuff, but more from a, a filmmaker perspective, because the three of us are filmmakers. You could say that if you're listening to this same podcast right now, that you would have some sort of just vested interest in that other podcast. Exactly. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny, funny how that. we synced up guests with common interests? Isn't that good? I think that's just serendipitous, Seb. I mean, yeah, it's a little to, bit to suggest that you manipulated the situation. <laughs> I'm like the puppet master <laughs> standing above this. That, that's just life that's just, of yours. That's just too f- far off to, to, to believe as actual reality. It's definitely not that Alex had work this morning and couldn't get off and Chanstar really liked this movie and he was available. Yeah, no, no. To be fair, uh, no. it was purely serendipitous that you guys mentioned that you were doing this movie and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Well, is there any other notes you want to talk about before we do move into like trivia or anything? Because you guys have a bit of a history with this film. I don't. Not so much a history, just I saw it- when I was a teenager mm. um, and I loved it. My dad loved it and I 
you know, that was, that was the, the time that I was taking my cues from him, really. Mm. Um, but he loved it for good reasons, and I love it for good reasons. Yeah, I, I uh, bought the DVD on a whim from JB Hi-Fi when I was 14. Mm. Uh, never looked back. It is probably, yeah, it's probably my most worn DVD because yeah. I watch it so much. I think <laughs> yeah. this was the, f- no, actually, this is the second time I've watched it on Stan. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the thing, I was very happy to see that it was on a streaming service. Yeah. And our film next week was also on a streaming service. I was very spoiled this like this see, Seb, I look after you. Whereas I'm like, hey guys, can you find this film that only had a limited run in Ecuador, please? Oh, and by <laughs> the way, it's an awful film and you will hate every second of it. You'll be seething. It's the bootleg version of Mortal Kombat 4. They oh. skipped three because they just jumped right into the good part. All right, well let's I think we'll jump to the trivia then. Let's do it. Riddle me this. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Hey Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my butthole. It is Wednesday, my dudes. See, I saw you reaching for it. I'm like, is he going to turn it up? <laughs> Just for Julia. Every week I get a complaint about that one last bit of the clip. I'm not taking it out, but I can at least politely well, lower the volume a bit. I was wondering, I've always wondered... Is the trivia, quote unquote, in that clip, the fact that it's Wednesday? Well, <laughs> the problem is this show comes, this, ep, this episode, it comes out on a Monday. Yep. Whereas the Variety Hour actually comes out on a Wednesday. So a bit of trivia, no prep was put into this. <laughs> really? Listen, we, that, is, that is so out of character for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, no, I'm, I'm done. No, no, please. <laughs> trivia away. So I couldn't get a, um, a, a figure for the budget. Of this film, no, but neither. in the late eighties, oh guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna jump please, on Google and do one try. search and act like I'm some sort of <laughs> god and see if I can find it. But for the sort of film that it was at the time, that it was probably somewhere between ten and twenty million. But it took forty two at the box office in the states. Internationally so, numbers, it, I couldn't get any international numbers either. I mean, it's kind of difficult to get to get these numbers on on late oh, 80s movies, films yeah. um, or i mean without specific subscriptions to like imdb pro and and, and services Gross. like that that's <laughs> oh, money. The, the first time money. for that right <laughs> how much money did you say it made sorry it made 42 in the states yeah that's the same one i found it <laughs> definitely it definitely made its money back at least twice over that's nice. that's without uh, without question it's a very successful film Good. Um, I am glad to hear that. <laughs> it was originally a project for David Bowie and Mike Jagger. I was really surprised yeah, to learn I that. read that and I was like, specifically because of the music video. Yeah. And I was like, what about that music video? Thought, hey, let's remake this movie, but with Mick Jagger and David Bowie. What's the original movie called? Bedtime Stories or something? Bedtime something? Stories, yeah. yeah. It was the, um, was, was the original uh, Marlon Brando and David Niven. Yeah. Uh, well, one. I, I just don't see... How much worse would this movie have been... <laughs> Because I date, I love David Bowie and I love Mick Jagger, but this movie would not work with those I two. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good. But there was there was an interesting situation with the rights, like they they lapsed and they reverted back to the original owner, and there was some question about uh, who who owned them. Um, and at the time, uh, some producer was getting in touch with Eddie Murphy oh. to play Freddie Benson's role. And Eddie Murphy was keen on it, assuming that Universal had the rights. Then when it, when it uh, was uncovered that they didn't, uh, Eddie Murphy kind of dropped out and forgot about, forgot about the whole thing. That, that, uh, see, I reckon Eddie Murphy could have worked it. It would have been a very different film. But You know who else it, was up for uh, Freddy? Kevin Klein. I, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Klein would have been good. Well. Uh, the role of um, Lawrence Jameson was up for 
quite a number of considerations. I did see that. Can I guess, Seb? Uh, Which character, sorry? I was trying to find a budget. <laughs> Michael, Michael Caine's character. Other actors that were up yeah. for that role? Just give a guess. Okay, so he's probably white. <laughs> Good. And he's Good probably, start. He's probably old. Yeah, maybe Who, English as well. Okay, that's not where I was going to go. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> he, no, he was doing Remington oh, Steele at the time. He Connery. was so young. Is it another Bond? Is it a Bond? No, Should I guess Bond? Connery, not Bond, but you're in, you're in franchise territory. English, though. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the Monty Python alumni were yeah. up for Oh, that checks out, yeah. Up for him. In fact, John Cleese was under serious consideration and he was going to get Palin involved for uh, Freddie Benson. He was just in Rat Race, though, which is kind of the same movie when you really, really break it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So was John Cleese. Uh, so was Rowan Atkinson. In Rowan fact, Atkinson. most of these actors were in Rat Race. Yeah, Eric Idle, yeah. Um, Gene Wilder. None of those I'm surprised. Leslie Nielsen? Leslie been- Nielsen I'm surprised by, if just because he's American. He's done a lot of goofy comedies, mm. but have you seen, um, oh God, what was it? It was the, like a 1950s film, 60s, one of his first ones. When he was still doing dramatic work? He was, he's a good he, actor. A, well, that's what, that's what made – sorry, we were meant to talk about this on my podcast, but we didn't get to it. That's what made him so good in Flying High. He played it straight. Absolutely. He was a dramatic actor playing it straight. And that's how you have to do comedies. And, and yeah, every, everyone else who used Leslie Nielsen in that completely forgot yeah. it and just made him goofy as fuck. In fact, in, in an interview um, with Michael Caine, he was asked – um, what was the most important lesson you've learned about making movies mm. in your in your decades long career? And he said, if you're doing a comedy and the crew laughs, it's not funny. I did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin. The crew never laughed at anything once. It's the funniest film I've ever made. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Because on set you're playing everything very straight. Everything's yeah. very serious, mm. and it's just through the editing and the tone and and the pacing that the comedy comes out. Because everything mm. has to be serious for it to be funny. And I. To be fair as well, I will say his character, while very funny to watch for us, massive D-bag. So watching that performance live, you might just get the, you know, he's a bit of a cunt. Possibly. Yeah, yeah no, that's fair enough. Uh, Frank Oz, um, he shot a scene specifically to be a trailer. He wasn't happy with uh, any of See, the material. I was going to say, I never saw the trailer until no, no, no. Uh, we watched the tra- I watched the trailer just before this and the end of that trailer yeah, yeah, yeah. has, uh, what is it, Steve Martin, is it punching out a kid or? So, so, so they're walking down a pier and politely getting out of the way of other people walking past them while the voiceover is saying, um, like the world is full of gentlemen and yeah. nice men, but nice guys finish last. Finish last. Mm-hmm. At the moment when Steve Martin pushes some old lady into the water and Michael Caine smushes some kid's face into his cotton candy or yep. something. Yeah. So when, when they do it, it's fine. When the <laughs> Avengers put the Hulk in a trailer in a movie he isn't in, they're lying to the audience. Well, no, people hated it. People really were expecting that scene to be yeah. in the movie and they were surprised oh, yeah. that it wasn't. So like Just like the Hulk. Just like the Hulk. In fact, the Hulk was in the trailer of oh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and everyone was like, where's, yeah. where's Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> Take note, Hollywood, people do not like to be deceived. Or they just want more Lou Frigno. Like, it could be <laughs> I mean, the way. That, is, that is true. Um, I couldn't find a budget because I'm just going to declare- <laughs> Because it's difficult? Uh, yeah. It's not difficult, it is impossible. So I'm going to budget it at $8 million, um, which I think is pretty high for the time it came out. With no, the- no, I, I would think it was somewhere in between 10 and 20. Oh, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. What year was this? 88. And it was shot no, in- I think 8 million is heaps for that. It was shot in France. No, no, no. It was shot, shot in France. Yeah, shot in France the, 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 with two of the biggest actors around. Steve Martin was huge at the but time. Steve would have made him like two max himself, though. The man who knew too little, which we're reviewing next week, uh, or some 
some combination of those of those weeks. I'm not sure how Shazam. It's Shazam. Shazam. Oh, fits, guys fits did, in around did you guys do no. Shazam and Space Jam at the same time? No. no we've done Space Jam, about to do. Okay. But Space Jam just came out actually last week. Yeah. The Man Who Knew I Too Little. Space Jam. Same sort of style, you know, same length, um, you know, shot on location at different hotels and cities and things, but still just basically people in a room and, and acting. That had a budget of 20 million. What year, so what movie was that? And that was 97. 1995, 97. This is 80s something you said though, isn't it? Not that long well, I just think we'll, And inflation wouldn't have, you know, been hugely different in inside of 10 years. But just when we looked at like Die Hard, remember when Bruce Willis took that ridiculous paycheck for that film? F- five million. Yeah, but that and was- And that, hu- that was unheard of, unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. So- What 10, year was that? 10 to 20 for an entire film is not- I think it's Is fine. not weird. Uh, I give it six now. <laughs> Are you are you pulling the budget from a movie that's already been made? <laughs> yeah, I think it's six. Um, I did unintentionally do some trivia research while trying to find the budget. Please, yeah, by all means, gentlemen, I, if you have things to say. Oh, I was going to say there's a, a remake coming out this year. No, yeah, I no, know. no, 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 no. I'm right. oh, fucking right. hell. Before, before, before that goes on, okay. <laughs> I will stamp this right out. This film is itself a remake. Yes. You know, remakes are not new to Hollywood. And, and this is a fantastic remake. It improves on the original tenfold. Michael Caine asked director Frank Oz why they were remaking a flop. And Oz responded because there would be no point in remaking a success. Quite right. This is you throwing some shade at the new one, right? So now there's there's a new one coming out in a couple of months uh, called The Hustle. The Hustle, yeah. And it's uh, Rebel Wilson, Anne Hathaway and Alex uh, Alex Sharp. Okay, so you know how every time there's a slight remake and they flip the cast from male to female, yeah. the internet goes crazy? I'm genuinely curious if there is enough of a backing of the of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels for that same demographic to lose their shit over this. I don't, no, I don't, uh, I don't so, think there no. is either, but I'm curious no. that they're going to put up a fight anyway just because no. they can. See, I was, I was super excited when it was announced because this is the sort of movie that would work with a female cast. You have something new to say, you have something mm. different to say, and then the trailer came out. And it is the exact same fucking movie. Is that I, right? I can pinpoint every scene in the trailer going, oh, this is when this happens, this is when this happens, uh-huh. this is when this happens. So what was the point of remaking it? So hold on. And in this film, the the protagonists are both both female. Yeah. But it turns out that the male is, is the ultimate villain, is the jackal. That would totally ruin the point of it because then that it's so it's so perfect that it's that it's a female yeah, in this one because you don't expect it. They underestimate yeah. her yeah. because she's a female. Yeah. So are they saying that oh don't un- misunderestimate <laughs> men. Oh, Turns no. out they're quite smart. No, no, no. I can no, see the Reddit pages no, 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 now. No, 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 no. It's not a gendered issue, but it's going to become one. That's my problem. Mm. And yeah. and I can't help but think that the producers also made it made deliberate decisions based along gender lines to, to cast it a particular way. Do you know how many fights I got into with fans <laughs> know, over the Captain I, Marvel issue? It's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, what, what, what was the Captain Marvel issue? Because <laughs> Captain Marvel was originally a guy who gave his – yeah, you passed the powers. Pass yeah, the powers on to Captain Marvel. Oh, there's, a, Marvel. there's a contingency of people who don't like the fact they started off with the Carol Danvers character, mm. and they would rather go the guy like it's in the comics, and then later on when they can deal with it, then have a female lead. And it was fun to deal with that specific <laughs> group of people, and it turns out they're really good at waving their um. There are like racist flags into the air while doing it too. Yeah, so but yeah. but uh, the actress was Brie Brie Larson. She kind of made it an issue. In the I first read place. through what she said. It was pretty fucking harmless. Female protagonists are not a problem. 
because we've had we've had female protagonists in God Aliens. Yeah. It's, it's it's Sigourney Weaver and leading the child, and it's fine. It's not it's not a big point that she's a woman. She just happens to be a woman. But when producers make it a point to deliberately cast people as like all the pilots. A female in in Captain Marvel. All the all all the people of importance. One other pilot is a female. The, you don't see any other pilots because that's, they weren't that's... they weren't allowed in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were test pilots. The two female test pilots. So Sean Young was uh, you. offered the role by Jan, of Janet Colgate, uh, and she turned it down to do the boost. Uh, I reckon Sean Young would have been a really interesting Janet Colgate, but I she think. I think uh, Glenn Glenn Hetty is her name. Yes, and this was her she first big fan. Fantastic yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? What other things can I say? <laughs> sorry that I haven't already said. Well, I'm sorry, I'm in uh, love well, with this well, film. Yeah, <laughs> so am I. Uh, Frank Oz and Ian McDermott. I found that really funny, yes, them working together. Yes. Yoda, <laughs> it turns out there was collusion between Yoda and the Empire. <laughs> who would have guessed? And, um, and interesting, who was working for who in that situation? Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, speaking of different movies. No, but we're running a bit long. Do you mind if we jump onto Movie Babies? All By right, all let's, means. Let's do it. Hasta la vista, baby. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I half struggled with this. Okay. I got one that I'm very happy with and one that I admit is a cop-out. <laughs> um, so my cop-out was planes, trains, and automobiles. Okay, cool. Because just the focus yeah. on obviously Steve Martin. But I went with Some Like It Hot. For okay. The, yeah. Like the long con sort of yeah. story and kind okay. of, I mean, obviously that's a much older film. From memory, it's 40s, 30s? Right. Um, Marilyn Manson. Uh, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe is still alive at the time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just for the whole idea of like doing the long con, trying yes. to get the girl at the same time sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I feel like mine was. See, I didn't go for bedtime stories. I feel like bedtime stories. I would did have been a because out. it actually is a it remake. Actually, is word for word. Um, well, not word for word. Not but, word for word, but yeah. same story. Yeah. Uh, so I went with Alfie for the fact that oh, Michael Caine yeah. is a sex symbol. Um, <laughs> matchstick men for like the con artist, but this is like a threesome. I also added Miss Congeniality there. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. because of Michael Caine he's in that, training yeah, 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 up cool. <laughs> someone yes. to be. Actually, that's a very good point. Uh, Andy? Well, I did go with Bedtime Story because it is yep. a, a, a story remake. Like, all they did was change a bit of the dialogue, um, let Michael Caine and uh, Steve Martin ad-lib wherever, yeah. they, wherever they needed to. Which but never felt like it. it no, it absolutely did not. I it was feels very natural. I was amazed when I read that in the trivia. I was yeah. like, what? It's amazing what actors can do when yeah. they're used appropriately. <laughs> and uh, The Three Amigos. Okay, yeah. Not just another Steve Martin vehicle, <laughs> but they also go into it trying to get they, – they go into the situation trying to get something out of it, but it turns out that they've been completely blindsided and they're in way over their heads. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Tweets then, guys? Let's tweet. And today I'm going to read it to you. It's got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles – Look, true love is a sport. Just yeah. it out. <laughs> I like that revenge is a sport. <laughs> hey, um, this is a, a new game we're going to play with every guest now that Alex has raised this question 15,000 times. Um, I know you know the answer, but what movie is this? Bride. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I can't believe he doesn't know that. Didn't he ask two times in a row as well? Oh, and then he thought it was Princess Diary. <laughs> I remember that. That was Anne Hathaway speaking just now, right? Yeah. 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 Oh.
Oh, my heart. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So young Michael Caine with dark hair still, look, still looks much older than young Steve Martin with white hair. <laughs> I just don't know how that works out. Also, there's no longer con than the idea of love and being a crippled Navy officer, <laughs> but mostly the love thing. Yeah, love is a long con. Yeah. It really is. Um, <laughs> mine was, uh, if Senator Palpatine was this sassy in Star Wars, maybe he would have won the Star Wars. Oh. Hashtag unlimited sass. <laughs> <laughs> Can you steal something that is already stolen? Hashtag guiltless crime. There you True. go. They're I all mean, free to go. Yeah, I mean, you love everybody by the end of it. They've been conning these corrupt people. They okay. are terrible people. But, but they are terrible people. That's exactly right. This is the cast of Seinfeld. Yeah. And they yes, rightfully they rightfully get jailed at the end of the series. Not in this one. In this one, they rightfully end up working together and conning a whole bunch of uh, real estate Greeks. Well, who knows how the producers of The Hustle will take it. Will they hold everybody accountable for their crimes or will they get away with it scot-free? Actually, that would be an interesting way to go about it. But then that also feels like the end of the producers. Well, they mm. get their comeuppance, they absolutely. Do. And they're still up to their old tricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a nice way to end a film. This mm. is also a good way to end the film. Much like how life is its own choose-your-own-adventure book, I have a branching path for both of you. Oh, yes. Generally, it would move on to the good. However, I, I feel like there's going to be a significant lack in the bad today. <laughs> would you like to get the bad out of the way First. I can do it right now, Seb. Well, I've got to press the button. I've <laughs> yeah. got to- yeah. No, that, that, that's fine. We can do it right now. So we are doing the bad? Yeah. Yeah. Houston, we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. I've fallen, and I can't get up. I can't believe you've done this. Perfect film. Let's yeah. move on to the good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> um... <laughs> I got nothing. Um, no, hey, okay, okay, so good to hear. So having, yeah, having seen it basically with, mm. with, with, with fresh eyes, what, what did you genuinely think of it? I felt like the, it was a bit long in the middle. I think that, okay. They, oh, okay. I think that when they do the initial cup, few cons building up to like the main story with, you know, with the girl at the end, I feel like it took oh, about 40 minutes in. They just hadn't properly gotten into the main, main plot of the story yet. And I when, think- When Schuffhausen is introduced- Oh, you don't make me remember character names. Okay, oh, so Michael Caine as the Doctor. Yeah. No, that's that okay. was good. I think that... The so, t- so, so then he takes uh, Freddy to his residence where he's basically yeah. torturing him for about 10 minutes of uh, screen mm. time. Uh, then they're at, at, at the end of that torture, he's dancing with Janet... At the at the discotheque, yep. and that's when the sailors are introduced to <laughs> who yep. you know Freddie conspires to kidnap the thing, and then it turns out that he's actually a reserve sailor and ends up uh, hijacking Freddie's night. Yep, is that the part no. of the film that you mean? No, not even that. Okay. Before that, so during the torture. No, no, sorry, my I said forty minutes, thinking it was the right time. Perhaps before <laughs> before we get into them both going after the the the, the um, ladies' riches before we get to that part of the story when we have like the initial con at the very beginning of the film then they have that train ride together and then he goes off and cons that other person while he goes to find him and then so you're talking about the start of the film yeah the establishment long. of you're the character <laughs> <laughs> also I would have just cut that, that whole character that um 
I know they used they used her to get um, Steve Martin back in the film, but that whole character that thought Michael Caine was like royalty. That is literally. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, you mean um, you need that because that's when that's when uh, Lawrence shows his quick wit in front of Janet, yeah. and I think Janet in the film is kind of impressed that he's. You know, re- reacting with with, mm. with that wit. Oh, how, how are you going to get out of this situation? Mm. <laughs> so okay. I, 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 this is the first time in my life I've ever watched it with critical eyes mm. uh, because I just love this movie. Um, I was a, I was able to find some things that I didn't like. Uh, for example, the my testicles are dropping line. <laughs> I never really found that funny. I felt like the first bit of the first introduction of Ruprecht and then the second. The third should have been funnier, but the okay. third was just my testicles are dropping. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like it escalated enough, and I've never felt that way. Um, the And Lawrence, um, around the start of the film, uh, eats a mango with a knife and fork. Ooh. Psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, what are you, how have I never noticed this before? How else are you going to eat it with your hands? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. A knife is fine. A knife, you got to yeah. cut it. But he's like using a fork to cut into it. He cuts off a bit and then he eats it well, with a, the fork. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very refined man. He's not no, going he's, to, you know, he's not going he's to sick. unlock his jaw in order to, you know, get half this mango into his mouth. He takes, he takes an appropriate. Michael Caine is a monster. <laughs> History's greatest, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Oh, but yeah. No, other than that, All right, perfect we'll, movie. We'll move on to the good then. Yes. Go ahead, make my day. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! All Please. Of I don't want this to be the reverse of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, <laughs> where we basically read out the plot of the film. I enjoyed but it. <laughs> looking, looking over my notes, it is really just, you know, oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that part. I like this part. I like what they did there. It's so, so many just like funny bits, but it all works for the characters and yeah. everything. It's just yeah. each bit of the film is amazing. Um, one thing that I noticed this time watching it that I, had, I think I may have noticed it the last time, but I didn't really write it down. So I didn't remember it, but um, at the, I don't think Janet came in knowing she was going to scam them. I think she was scamming the casino. Oh, you because think so? Lawrence's move is always he goes to them at the roulette table yes. and he puts their bet and they always lose. Okay. She wins three times at roulette. By picking a single number. By no, picking that's... a single number. She's scamming the uh, the casino. So when Steve Martin comes in, she kind of realizes, oh, this guy's obviously trying to scam me. And maybe she had heard that there was someone in uh, on the Italian Riviera who was a scam artist. She's like, well, why don't I go there and have, have some fun? But but, but uh, Michael Caine's realization at the end of the film mm. when he says, "Yeah, she yeah, was onto us she from, was the, onto very from the very beginning," makes it out that she's the ultimate predator. Like she knew exactly who they were and identified them in the hotel lobby, and so that I, was that was I when her game think started. She uh, identified them until that casino, and I don't think she identified Michael Caine until. Dr. Schaffhausen, the guy with the sign, came out. Maybe. She goes around and looks at him and she goes, oh, it's you. Because <laughs> that's her going, oh, yeah. you, are the other, you are the scam artist. Okay. okay. Start okay. scamming yeah, both quite, of them. Quite possibly. Because I, I genuinely think that she was scamming that casino at that point. It is an amazing bit of luck, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm curious <laughs> Which, to go back. Also, <laughs> hilarious right after that when they're cashing in their things <laughs> and just getting a whole load of money and they're like, just another stroke of bad luck. <laughs> Great bit. So many great bits. <laughs> but I am, I am curious to go back and watch it knowing the twist now to okay. see if there are little signs. Because I do like what you're know, going back and doing that 
So maybe next year when I have time. I don't think it's it's that big of a giveaway. Like there isn't really any foreshadowing for well, Janet. They never show her by herself. No. The only time you ever see her by herself is that Dr. Schaffhausen bit where she's just walking down. That's she right. sees That's the right. guy with the sign, follows her. That's the one yeah. bit you see her by herself. But when you follow the timeline of how she's manipulating the situation as mm. well, um, Freddie's got her alone and already buttering her up to get the money. And she's the one who says, no, let's write this letter to Schuffhausen. Yeah. Let's do it. And she pushes him out of out of his uh, game. Good point, into, yeah. Into a new game that, that she's now running. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I am curious if she didn't, if when she goes into the lobby that bit and the you know guy with the sign comes by for Dr. Schuffhausen, if that part didn't happen, what was she actually going to do? That, well, they, they, she would have had to figure out something else. And she she knew she wasn't going to take Freddie for very much. No. That's why I think she either somehow identified these two or knew who they were going into that lobby. Yeah. Because when she first arrives and does the trip and gets the attention of everyone, she then does a quick scan. You know, takes yes. a glass up, does the quick scan. And so I think she's looking for, for somebody specific. In mm. fact, maybe she was looking for Lawrence, saw that he was with somebody else, and then adapted her game to to suit it. Oh, that's great. Mm. Such well, a good movie. It's a, uh, The fact that it's making us think yeah. is, is wonderful. I've never thought about it like this before. <laughs> and even her name, Janet Colgate, Ja Cole, <laughs> I didn't realise until I oh, read it. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. it's funny because uh, <laughs> Steve Martin is so obviously an idiot in the entire film. That bit at the end is like, you know, I kind of had it figured from yeah, the start. Ja- <laughs> Janet, Jackal. It's kind of obvious when you think about it. It's so stupid. See, I got lost thinking, is she like an, the heiress to the Colgate toothpaste empire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. the United States soap queen. Mm. Yeah. She's, the, she's the queen of all the soap. In America. (laughs) Your father doesn't own the soap company? (laughs) No, I just want a competition. I'm keeping the money. Is that wrong? (laughs) That that line gets me every time. Well, Chancellor and I were talking about this on the ride over, but Frank Oz is not just a master of the remake. No, no, of course not. But (laughs) a master of subtlety. He is not afraid to be subtle in his humour and his storytelling at all. And all credit to him. What... It's what makes his movies work so well. And it's another thing that makes me worried about The Hustle because he was the director of Death at a Funeral, the original. And what made the remake so bad (laughs) is that they they project every joke. They go, hey, look, we're making a joke. Look how funny our joke is. Did you mention it's a joke, 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 joke? Whereas Frank Oz's, everything's underplayed. Everything's in the tiny, minute reactions of people. Yeah, Was that a joke? Um, you was I know. supposed to laugh at that? You feel I mean, kind it's of funny, bad but, about yeah. it, but because they're not laughing. Whereas the remake of Death of Funeral, everyone's laughing. When you watch the remake of The Hustle, yeah. everyone is putting on a joke. They're like, oh, look, I am being funny, which is what makes me worried it's not going to work. Well, they're remaking a successful film. Yeah. And I think Frank Oz's advice is, is yeah. spot on. Why on earth are you remaking a classic? You, you look at something, well, Ocean's Eleven, to be fair, was a success, but it was also... A bad movie. So when they remade Ocean's Eleven uh, with George Clooney and everything, it's fantastic. It's one of the best heist films of all time. <sighs> I didn't see it, but is Ocean's Eight a remake of Ocean's Eleven, uh, or is it's, it? It's a pseudo sequel, okay. so it's based in the same universe. It's following George Clooney's sister. Okay. When you have a movie based in a universe with George Clooney, it don't keep on referencing the fact that George Clooney's not around because I'm going to want to see George Clooney. Um, the 
twist is pretty much the same twist in Ocean's yeah. Eleven, which was annoying, was, oh, it's all about the love interest. Only this one, right. it's not about the love interest. It's about getting back in an ex. Still, uh, you, they, they have the exact same conversation that George Clooney and Brad Pitt have, where they're like, is it about the girl? Don't be about the girl. Same thing. Uh, it's a fine movie. It's better than Ocean's 12 and 13. Um, but it's not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. Absolutely. The, the subtlety of Steve Martin's performance, which is hilarious because it's Steve Martin. There's nothing subtle about him, but it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, everything Michael Caine does, uh, it's just good times. It's played out so well. And the fact that they... I mean, either they made the characters their own or Frank Oz knew exactly mm. uh, where he needed to go with them or where exactly he needed to unleash them yeah. and let them do what they do uh, because it's such a an easy-flowing film. Yeah. Well, uh, Seb, you're saying that it, it felt a little dragging. I didn't realise, like even though Shane mentioned it when we were talking about it on our podcast, that it goes for an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, it's quite long for a... An old comedy. Yeah, yeah, I only noticed because I watched it at 10.30 at night going, I need to be better by midnight. Turned it on and was like, oh no, there's an extra 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> Shit. I double featured this with next week's film. Um, oh, nice. The Man Who Knew Too Little, which by the way, really good combination to sit down. I just did it Excellent. by myself. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> that was the, it was the length of that film was what I came in expecting for this film. I thought mm. about an hour and a half and was shocked. <laughs> shocked. Because you know, I hate movies that go longer than 90 minutes. No. 90 minutes is a, Good for a comedy. Amount. Yes, yeah. exactly yeah. right. The, the fact that it never feels like it, except for Seb. But this is a comedy that is more of a funny drama than it yeah. is than it is a, a straight comedy. Which I think, mm. other than Bowfinger, all of Frank Oz's comedies are. You look at In yeah. and Out, yeah, which is actually. like a, dr- a funny drama. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Death of Funeral. It's about a fucking funeral. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny drama. But yeah. it, it doesn't dip into that. When I mean, you get that comedy drama blend. Like Juno. Well, I was going to say like Groundhog Day where that film tips over into almost sad at other (laughs) points. Like that film can quite upset me on the right day. Whereas, yeah, this film never got that level of- Well, you're not really involved with the characters that strongly. You know, it's not personal like Groundhog Day can be. By the end of the film, I really liked um, Kane's character. Okay. Yeah. You're sympathetic. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I think the fact that the moment he turns turns against it and goes, I'm not scamming uh, the, right. Janet because she is poor. I scam rich women who are incredibly corrupt. Now, does that redeem him? Because he's, <laughs> he's principled and he only goes after people who can it's afford to lose It's close to redemption stories we're going to get with any of these characters. <laughs> yeah. Which is like out of all... Like Steve Martin has no redeeming features. No, no he's, he's in it for himself and he doesn't care yep. who he screws over. He'll, he'll take a woman for $20. Have yeah. you ever taken a woman for $20? A little out of my league. What's the, yeah. <laughs> I'm bad with the character's name. What was the lady's name again? Janet? Janet, yep. Janet yeah. I actually got. I was more endeared to her when she turned out to be a con, a con artist <laughs> yeah. because I thought she was quite boring. Like she was like she's just playing a really sweet, you know, such an earnest character. I'm like, fuck off! This is the <laughs> this is the movie where Steve Martin's a psychopath. So, did you, did you see it coming? I saw. A, I think I said before. I saw a different twist coming. I thought it was going to yeah. turn out that her. And, and Freddie were going. You to somehow thought that Steve Martin's character was going to be smart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of just assumed. He after- complained about the fact that men get more prostate issues. <laughs> yep, they're Which, the weaker sex. We're the weaker <laughs> sex. We get more heart attacks, more strokes, more prostate problems. My assumption was after he was approached by Michael Caine's character, who said, "You know, she's got no money. We don't do this to her." That he would go off, off screen, have a bit of a thought, and then he said, "Well." Maybe I can't scam 
maybe I shouldn't scam the 50k off her. Ah, but, but I'll scam Lawrence. Yes, okay. and I thought that would be the final twist. Cause oh, I, yeah. Like, but, there's, but there was a bigger game that they were playing. I mean, the bet was about the loser Well, he leaves. get both that way. Because mm. yeah. he, he he, in theory, he would win Janet, for about lack of a better phrase. I suppose so, and then way. he would have 50 grand to seed his op- operation. Yeah. yeah, okay. And while he's a moron... <laughs> this, this entire film is them just constantly one-upping each other. So he yeah. does. I wouldn't, every I wouldn't, second scene, he's on top again. I wouldn't say a moron, but he is very short-term focused. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lawrence will play the long game and he knows yeah. he knows he has to lay out all these steps to make it intricate, whereas Freddy just wants to finish the scam as quickly as possible, even if it's for a few bucks. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it and that'll be fine. I did like that he got his hand glued to the wall. <laughs> uh, I think, because like uh, looking up that, I think that was improvised. If just because <laughs> you can see Michael Caine, as soon as he goes, hand me that glue solvent, Michael Caine turns away and laughs because he wasn't expecting that. I, that's great I, if that's true. I read that and I saw it for the first time. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. That was not planned at all. It was just it was just a gag that was thought on, on the spot. What a great gag yeah. to think of on the yeah. spot. Now, if only Brian Reynolds could be that. Subtle with his improv. Wouldn't Ryan Reynolds be a great Freddy? Now that you say it, yeah, not I, could, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you were to recast it today, and we've already, we've already had the we've, already, we've had the female casting done for us, who would you cast? Is, is Kevin Spacey still allowed to work? No, not right <laughs> now. <laughs> Are they scamming little little boys out of their virginity? Is that what's happening? Is Brian Singer available? <laughs> So it's Brian Singer versus Kevin Spacey yeah. is what we're saying. <laughs> Who do we hate more? Oh, it's tough. Um, What's Charles Dunn well, doing? I will say though, make a great Lawrence. Kevin Spacey performance-wise is not a bad choice though. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, I want to think of the female cast. If just because I think they're both terribly cast. I so think- Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway, is it? Yes. Okay. Rebel Wilson is definitely Freddy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah she, she yeah, is, yeah. but it's bad. I, um, I don't like that she plays the same role in every single one of her films, and she plays it in this film. Yeah, uh, uh, I I think for a Freddy type, I think you shouldn't go down like the so stupid route. You should be <laughs> like somewhere in between. I honestly, after seeing something Fre- like, yeah, Freddy's not an idiot. He's just he's just focused on doing things straight away. Exactly. Uh, whereas I really want to see someone like Helen Mirren or even like Sigourney Weaver. And I probably say that because of the movie, the heartbreakers playing the, um, yeah. the, the, uh, the Lawrence role. Whereas I think Anne Hathaway would have made a better Freddie. Cause I think that would be a better use of her style of comedy. Cause her style of comedy is Freddie is just annoying in that movie. Sorry. That trailer really annoyed no, that's, me. That's I was so excited about that movie. What's annoying is you could just recast Michael Caine. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's still working. He's still good. Wait, why don't you just have Freddie? <laughs> Sorry, why don't you have Lawrence played by Steve Martin? Yeah, exactly. you, um, you, you could get Rachel McAdams involved, but you would have to get time travel into it somehow. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> for, her to, for her to be in the film. The cop that Michael Caine's working with? Yeah. Yes. Oh, let's just put in John Reno there. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just okay. slip him in there just like from the okay. tr- yep. Is that because he's like the only French actor? That I can name? Yes. Well, actually, oh, what about the- uh, Gerard Depardieu? I reckon Gerard Depardieu would be What's he from? In the airport scene. Tetois with yeah. Jean Reno. In the airport scene where they, where they figure out who, who Jan- or, you know, the cop in the background, not, not Andre, the cop, the uniformed cop in the background is Frank Oz. Oh. He's just, he's just standing yeah, there. He's just standing there. Okay. He's not, not even- a puppet, so you can't no, tell. No, no. And in fact, as a background actor, he's not even that good because he's he's just standing he's just there. He's standing there. He's not acting. He's just standing there. So I wonder if somebody didn't show up <laughs> and nobody else oh. had time to put the uniform on. <laughs> I'm probably looking forward to next week a little bit too much, but what about Bill Murray in the Michael Caine role? He's a bit older, looks a bit more weathered. You think he can think be funny? He's got good timing. Bill- he's too smarmy. 
I think Maybe. Bill Ma- Murray would have made a good Freddy role. Yeah. yeah. If that was the time. I want to slip Carl Urban in here somewhere, but I, I keep saying he's he's a he's a chameleon. He'll fit in, but I'm like Woody. Well, actually, <laughs> I still enjoy him. You could play Janet, and you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> chameleon. Since since uh, Captain Marvel just came out, what about Mendelssohn? Oh, as one of the as one of the guys. Mendo is fantastic he's choice for good. everything. Yeah. yeah, I would. Well, I guess. I'm trying to think which role would suit him. He's also a he, lispy Australian actor, so that like I'm like, <laughs> oh, I have a chance. Probably. <laughs> He, 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 he could do either. He um, looks yeah. like Com- a villain though. And I think when well, you're they playing- They are villains. No, they're not but they good guys. They shouldn't look like villains. Otherwise, you should they're be not able good. to trust them. Yeah. It's not like no one trusts Corella DeVille because she looks like Corella DeVille. Then what if a- she looks like someone nice, we might trust her. Then which- what a perfect place for him. He can play Janet's role in the gender reverse role and he can use his lisp as a, as a, as a vulnerability that he then oh, turns, yeah. turns on his- That wouldn't be on too his bad. Victims. Yeah. All right, do you guys want to move on to the verdict? I think so. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Slap it on with the might of Zeus. I love that. Is that John Tron? Yeah. In yep. the, the oh, fucking- Flex tape. Flex tape. Yeah. Okay, it cool. sure is. Like, <laughs> I don't I know was, why it's there, but it's there. I was trying to pick that voice every time. I'm like, is that Billy Crystal? <laughs> and every time I was like, what What did Billy Crystal say that in? I wish. Oh, Okay. Well, look, I, I said this yeah. in our Lockstock review. Mm. Um, Lockstock is a perfect film. And this is a perfect film. There's nothing about it that that I don't like. I don't feel it dragging on at any moment. The whole the whole way through, the story's being told and I'm listening to a story. Even knowing exactly where it's going, I'm still enjoying listening to the story as, it, as it's being told. I mean, if I could give it more than 100%, I would because it is a classic film. And I, I watch it several times a year. Uh, ditto. Everything there. Oh, just that? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, I, before watching it, I was like, I legitimately can't think of a, bad thing about this movie uh, my entire life because this is legitimately and i've said this several times on my own podcast this is my favorite movie of all time i've never been able to put it into words why but watching it it's i think it's there is absolutely nothing wrong with this movie this movie is perfect and e- even though there may not be things that are the greatest there is literally nothing wrong with yeah. it and therefore it is perfect therefore it is good yes I recommend, strong so, recommend. So it is, it is actually your favourite movie of all time? It is my favourite movie. Yeah. What was yours? Was it- it's, it, it's in a close call. It, it's this one, the producers, the original producers. <laughs> uh, that was actually um, one of my movie yeah. babies originally, but I, I couldn't, I was trying to yeah, reason it, but I put it in the other movie instead, yeah. 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 Um, and it's definitely between those two. Like they are both incredibly high on this mm, list. Mm. And Man Who Knew Too Little is quite high on that list as well. <laughs> Spoiler I was, alert which, is, which, is, which is why I recommended it because it is yeah. one of my favorites. Which, I was shocked to see how low the man who knew too little was rated on IMDb. I was but like, we'll really? Talk about, we'll yeah. talk about that next week. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> um, it's fine. Yeah, 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 I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I. It has not, been. It has been done into a musical. I um, saw. Um, apparently, uh, Zane flopped. mentioned that, and yeah, I and really want to see it. But yeah, I heard it flopped as well. Yeah. John Lithgow played um, Lawrence Jameson. John Lithgow's a good Paul. Good, yeah, good choice. <laughs> oh, that's nice. John Lithgow and James Franco. We'll, we'll bring the yeah. um, <laughs> we'll bring the the Apes movie cast back together. Um, 
Yeah, no, um, I might not watch this movie again this year, but it's it's sometimes I recommend a film, but I'm like, oh, it was good. I'm never going to watch it again, but I, I will watch this one again. It was good enough to good. earn that. And especially because I want to examine the Janet character just to see, part of me is now curious. Did they just throw a twist in or is it just the one hint of the casino scene? Is there anything there? I want to see if they've urged it's that twist. funny you should say that because while it was being um, edited, uh, Frank Oz and the editor were sort of talking about which way they should take it. Is, uh, is Lawrence, is he actually falling in love with Janet because she's a con artist or, oh. or does, he, does he kind of just have that relief of, of oh she is a con artist it was just a, a, yeah. a game oh, after that's all that's interesting because they they debated between themselves and they agreed that it could go either way they didn't go with the I love her mm. route uh, and just edited you know su- su- subtly changed what they needed to yeah. just to eliminate um, eliminate that I that think part the of way it. it plays out is much better yeah, at the moment absolutely. Uh, nothing is better than when he just like Steve Martin's like she is dishonest <laughs> she is terrible and he's like yes, yes. <laughs> Isn't she wonderful? Oh, I love it. Guys, I'm working out a funny bit to end the show on. Please fill one to two minutes of airtime for me. So um, do you guys still end in who's going to win in the Battle of the Death thing? No, they I, dropped that because they hope, suck. Yeah, oh, really? No, no, they suck as in my co-hosts suck. <laughs> no, no. The second one was good. <laughs> Damn, because I was really excited with the man who knew too little for that one because the guy can't die. Yeah, he's he's literally unkillable. <laughs> It was a it was a funny bit, but when you have you know superheroes that carry over into films where you just yeah. have regular people, it stops making. Yeah, it's just not a joke anymore. Well, to be fair, I think the man who knew too little is going to beat Captain Marvel because he's just going to Mister Magoo his way through but, it. But that's an interesting interesting situation mm. yeah, where somebody is just so so lucky, <laughs> so lucky to fall backwards into every bit of luck. But yeah, you know, I uh, I can't think of who would survive at a battle of death. <laughs> Maybe Janet will lull them into a false sense of security, steal all their money, and disappear. <laughs> Maybe they just have to wait it out. Just Maybe. wait. Just sit there in a room and wait for one of them to die, and that's and that's how it gets solved. It is interesting because I like the idea of Janet going to the Riviera to find this con artist that she's heard about. Maybe she's met someone like Fanny yeah. from Omaha. But I mean, if if she was doing that, she was doing it to recruit him. To oh. test him as a sort of audition, because oh. in the end she recruits she come, him. See, yeah. I thought she just came back because, like she said, it was so much fun. <laughs> I really love that idea. But uh, when Steve Martin, oh, not Steve Martin, sorry, when uh, Lawrence and the police chief specifically say, "Oh, if if he's so good, why is he in the papers?" Right. I've always wondered about that. I was like, Janet is clearly a much better uh, scam artist, but, but why everybody- is she in the paper? Well. I mean, even that to see doubt is great because everybody just assumed that it was a man. That's true. That's that true. Everybody just assumed the jackal was this male con artist going around. So, of course, you know, that's what better cover than being out in the open when nobody suspects you? Yeah. Seb, is it's, that it's, it's, it's not enough it's time, like, guys. My like, phone re- it's, like, it's like Hitler shaving off his, his, <laughs> his mustache and just walking around and nobody knows who he is. He's good, still Hitler he's could still, be one of us. Yeah. <laughs> he's still exactly who he is inside, but nobody recognizes you. That, that nobody is, knows who you are. Yeah, that is an interesting concept. Ah, keep filling, guys. Keep filling. Okay, so Janet is clever. How, how did you end the last? <laughs> how did you end the last two episodes? I'm not because I, I, I listened to the Space Jam episode. Uh, okay. Uh, I know. Like, I know. We didn't do it in the space. Yeah, you definitely ones. didn't do it in and the space. And how could you? I mean, episode. would it be Bugs Bunny or a cartoon or something? Oh, uh, sorry. So Marvin the Martian in. Oh uh, yes. Thing. He's the he's the um, 
he's the he's the, the referee? referee because yeah. he's both an alien and a toon. Okay, he is I, I, impartial. I was saying that I must have you know like been away <laughs> from have. the screen in in the kitchen or yeah. something because I remembered him being in the film, but I didn't see him. <laughs> Maybe the referee is, just isn't a, a big role. And in Mar- basketball. <laughs> well, Marvin the Martian, I remember those cartoons mm. and there weren't that many of them because it's not a really developed character. Like he's very one-dimensional. Yeah. I'm just I'm just here to take over uh, yeah. and and I'll and I'll, you know, kill Bugs Bunny or whoever is in my way. Yeah, because uh, I don't think he really has a rival or anything. He's just always He's there. just around and he's he's there to yeah. destroy and dominate. Uh, you guys got to okay. wait for this amazing bit that I'm still working on. Okay, good. Because uh, Lola Bunny is all in Looney Tunes <laughs> now. Uh, she's like one of the main characters. Well, that's good. I like Lola It's Bunny. depressing that I knew that. But as soon as you, you guys said, oh, I don't know if she's in everything. I'm like, she's in everything. As well as all the fan fiction. Hey. Is it? Is it? Fun? I assume there would be a lot of there that. There is a lot. Is it strange that some things sometimes happen coincidentally? Like we just did the Space Jam review. And then I see this meme, not not so much a meme, but just a just a joke page of some guy had put a, a Lola sticker on on an envelope to his girlfriend, oh, yeah. and then written beside it, "To open your present, you have to kill Lola by tearing tearing her right, apart." Yeah, yeah. that's it's, fun. Is that weird? That I mean, that's Lola from yeah. the Space Jam film, and I just watched that. Am I just noticing that coincidence, or is it happening? You know. At, 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 is there some consciousness uh, that's like shared among us? The that, number that is, 23. Yeah. Like it comes up. Or is because Space Jam 2 coming out soon, that ah. Space Jam is just becoming part of the zeitgeist again. Interesting. Zane has put down his phone. I think he's ready for a new segment. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not Zane. But <laughs> Sorry, Seb. I'm just used to Zane being on my lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zane's on the computer ignoring everything we're saying. I was trying to do that thing where you, you translate something several times to get like a really oh. best version. That's fun. To do Alex's take on where our Facebook page is. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's just taken so much effort because every time you copy and paste off Google Translate on your phone, it copies and pastes all the references for how they've translated it. So you end up with like, well, I in my case, over 3,900 characters for a 10-sentence word, um, word sentence. Yeah. So read it out for us, all those 10,000 characters. <laughs> yep, so I'm, I'm not doing that. The bit is dead. I might do it next week. And and what a great way to end an episode, guys. <laughs> like I tried. I did. Well, if you do want to find us, you can find us at a number of places. You can, of course, check out our Facebook site, which We're, is Second Take Podcast Media Review. Yeah, just like, wait, I can do this like Alex. You just go to Facebook and just slam your face against the keyboard until you've punched in the words Second Take Media Review in the search bar <laughs> and then you'll see it. It's the same logo as the show. Whenever I try and look for Facebook, that's what I do. So it is a yeah. uh, definitive way to do it. Good. Excellent. I'm glad my methodology works. <laughs> my nose bleeds a lot now, but you know, it's worth but it. But you find what you're searching for. Exactly. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> At Second Take Podcast. Or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. We've got a website. And that website is secondtakepodcast.com, where we have three years worth of this. It's like it won't stop. It's so much. Go only, listen. Only the last year or so is good. But if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna hear all of it, and I mean all of it, it's there. It's not where you are, it's on that website. <laughs> I believe I saw a nice tweed jacket there. <laughs> no, that's the Instagram. <laughs> Damn it. Um, 
I wish my was, I wish the website was full of tweed jackets. <laughs> um, just go to tweedjacket.com slash second take and you'll find all the tweed jackets you need. And you can email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any films you want us to review, I mean, put it there. I'm just going to say, I might say no. I might say yes. <laughs> yeah, we, might, we might slot you into the 2026 schedule. <laughs> well, we are slotting in the the first Pokemon movie just before yeah. we do Detective Pikachu this year. I'm excited about at, it. At request. So it, sometimes it can happen. Other times, more often, it will not happen. But that's <laughs> so life. don't <laughs> contact us. No, no, do contact us. But I want you to know, you're rolling a dice and it's probably weighted badly. <laughs> so Charles, where can they find you? Look, you can find me in many places. You can find me on the Mighty Motion Picture Range podcast which is also on this fine network uh if you look up uh, you, you can you can find uh uh all of my short films that i've made they're all on ozflix so if you got ozflix.tv and go to the short films corner you can find both l plates and pizza deliverance i there. actually recently watched pizza deliverance it's good i really enjoyed yeah. it yeah oh, thanks it's guys yeah. uh i should have brought me on would do like a review of it and then i'm like it's only a 15 minute film well, it's not that much well, to talk you about. joke we <laughs> shane anderson one of your yeah. co-hosts when he re- released um Red Curtain Hell. Red Curtain Hell. Yeah. We had to watch it and review it with him. I know. <laughs> Sorry. See, I we, we did a whole uh, episode where I brought in one of our um, one of our film theory teachers so we could do a analytical breakdown of Red Curtain Hell, but it was specifically, I was waiting until he had a week off. Yep. And then I was like, quickly do everything. <laughs> Don't let Shane know. So um, your podcast is also available on that's not canonproductions.com. That's right. Which I th- yeah, there's a shit ton of podcasts there, but more yeah, more whole heap of specifically, them. we're talking about Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> Don't look at anything else like Glass of Wine, Law and Disorder, more like Glass of Crap, Crap and Disorder. Oh, <laughs> hell, <laughs> I've been on both of those shows. Don't kill me. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, next week's either Shazam or. The man who knew too little. Who really knows how a schedule works? Not this guy. Both excellent films, I'm guessing. Well, <laughs> I hope so. Goodbye. Bye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Mine. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.